0: To a star witness. Hello, everyone. This is Kayla bringing another episode. And before we get started, let's have a word of prayer. So, with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes, so the Lord will be with us as we learn more of Him. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for life and health and all of the blessings that you've given us. We ask that you help us to be obedient to your holy commandments. We ask that you help us to sanctify our lives, so that we might be pure and clean and stand before you undefiled. Help us us to do the right thing no matter the cost and help us as we have to stand up for truth no matter what help us as we learn more of you help us to know and to do your will we ask that you continue to lead us on the straight and narrow path it's not always the easiest path but you have promised to walk beside us and light the way before us and we thank you so much for the promises in the bible and we ask all these things in your precious holy wonderful son's name amen So today, I wanted to talk about obedience and sacrifice, and how it all fits together. And I'm going to be mainly reading from this article in the Signs of the Times, also Faith and Work. And it is so interesting and so amazing, and we'll be discussing it as we go along. So with that, let's get into it. Ephesians 5, 2 says, And walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Ephesians 5 2. In all the fullness of his divinity, in all the glory of his spotless humanity, Christ gave himself for us as a full and free sacrifice. And each one who comes to him should accept him as if he were the only one for whom the price has been paid. As in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive, for the obedient will be raised to immortality, and the transgressor will rise from the dead to suffer death, the penalty of the law which he has broken. Obedience to the law of God is sanctification. There are many who have erroneous ideas in regard to this work in the soul, but Jesus prayed that His disciples might be sanctified through the truth and added, Thy word is truth. John 17:17. Sanctification is not an instantaneous, but a progressive work, as obedience is continuance. Just as long as Satan urges his temptations upon us, the battle for self-conquest will have to be fought over and over over again. But by obedience, the truth will sanctify the soul. Those who are loyal to the truth will, through the merits of Christ, overcome all weakness of character that has led them to be molded by every varying circumstance of life. These are so amazing and such a precious promise. These things go hand in hand. So if we want to be sanctified, made clean from all of our sin, we must obey the law of God. And by obeying the law of God and continuing it every day, we are being sanctified. So it's like they work together for the same goal and you feed off of each other. And it's amazing how they go hand in hand. And we have to go to the Word to find out what this truth is. And it is easy to get led astray from the truth because there's so many different things out there. But we can know the truth if we study and show ourselves approved. And this is what the next couple of paragraphs say. Many have taken the position that they cannot sin because they are sanctified, but this is a delusive snare of the evil one. There is constant danger of falling into sin, for Christ has warned us to watch and pray, lest we enter into temptation. If we are conscious of the weakness of self, we shall not be self-confident and reckless of danger, but we shall feel the necessity of seeking to the source of our strength, Jesus our righteousness. We shall come in repentance and contrition with a despairing sense of our own final Finite weakness and learn that we must daily apply to the merits of the blood of Christ that we may become vessels fit for the master's use while thus depending upon God we shall not be found warring against the truth but we shall always be enabled to take our stand for the right we should cling to the teaching of the Bible and not follow the customs and traditions of the world the sayings and doings of men when errors arise and are taught as Bible truth those who have a connection with Christ will not Trust to what the minister says, but like the noble Bereans, they will search the scriptures daily to see if these things are so. When they discover what is in the word of the Lord, they will take their stand on the side of the truth. They will hear the voice of the true shepherd saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. Thus, you will be educated to make the Bible the man of your counsel, and the voice of a stranger you will neither hear nor follow. And we need to take this counsel very seriously. We cannot just accept everything that is being spoken to us in front of the pulpits, and it doesn't matter how popular that speaker is, how many followers they have. Truth mixed with error is the deadliest form, we are told. And this is why I am so thankful that we have these writings and these councils, because it opens the Bible up. It explains things more, and we can understand what the Lord really wants from us. Some things require deep study, and we must search as for hidden treasure. But we know that we can know the truth and that the Holy Spirit will lead us to the truth. And we do not have to worry about it. If we are earnest and if we are seeking, the Lord will help us and be with us and show us that this is the way to walk in. She continues, If the soul is to be purified and ennobled and made fit for the heavenly courts, there are two lessons to be learned, self-sacrifice and self-control. Some learn these important lessons more easily than do others, for they are exercised by the simple discipline the Lord gives Gives them in gentleness and love others require the slow discipline of suffering that the cleansing fire may purify their hearts of pride and self-reliance of earthly passion and self-love that the true gold of character may appear and that they may become victors through the grace of christ the love of god will strengthen the soul and through the virtue of the merits of the blood of christ we may stand unscathed amid the fire of temptation and trial but no other help can avail to save but Christ, our righteousness, who has made unto us wisdom and sanctification and redemption. True sanctification is nothing more or less than to love God with all the heart, to walk in His commandments and ordinances blameless. Sanctification is not an emotion, but a heaven-born principle that brings all the passions and desires under the control of the Spirit of God, and this work is done through our Lord and Savior. The yeah. Spurious sanctification does not glorify God, but leads those who claim it to exalt and glorify themselves. Whatever comes in our experience, whether of joy or sorrow, that does not reflect Christ and point to Him as its author, bringing glory to Him and sinking self out of sight, it is not a true Christian experience. When the grace of Christ is implanted into the soul by the Holy Spirit, its possessor will become humble in spirit and will seek for the society of those whose conversation is upon heavenly things. Then the Spirit will take the things of Christ and show them unto us and will glorify not the receiver but the giver. If therefore you have the sacred peace of Christ in your heart, your lips will be filled with praise and thanksgiving to God. Your prayers, the discharge of your duty, your benevolence, your self-denial will not be the theme of your thought or conversation, but you will magnify him who gave himself for you when you were yet a sinner you will say i give myself to jesus i have found him of whom moses and the law and the prophets did write." as you praise him you will have a precious blessing and all the praise and glory for that which is done through your instrumentality will be given back to god this is awesome We can have true sanctification. And the amazing thing about this is that the sanctification is by a result of us loving the Lord with all of our heart and following his commandments. And we want to follow his commandments when we love him. It's a complete circle. It just keeps going around and around and leading right back to the same thing. We cannot just have this sporadic moments of, oh yeah, okay, I did this wrong but keep doing it anyway that's not sanctification we must put away the things that we used to do and walk in the newness of life we must die daily to ourselves because it does take work and self-discipline and self-sacrifice and self-control we must be strong and we can be strong when we have the connection with christ hand in hand we can overcome all sin we can have that gentleness and love we can witness to others and bring them into. the love of Christ and show them the way that they must walk in as well. And we can give everything we have to the Lord and we must do this every single day. And we need to have it be in our minds, in our thoughts, and we will have the peace that passes understanding. And this is what she deals with next. She says, the peace of Christ is not a boisterous, untamable element made manifest in loud voices and bodily exercises. The peace of Christ is an intelligent peace and it does not not make those who possess it bear the marks of fanaticism and extravagance. It is not a rambling impulse, but an emanation from God. When the Savior imparts His peace to the soul, the heart will be in perfect harmony with the Word of God, for the Spirit and the Word agree. The Lord honors His Word in all His dealings with men. It is His own will, His own voice, that is revealed to men, and He has no new will, no new truth, aside from His Word, to unfold to His children. If you have a wonderful. Experience that is not in harmony with expressed directions of God's Word, you may well doubt it, for its origins is not from above. The peace of Christ comes through the knowledge of Jesus whom the Bible reveals. If happiness is drawn from outside sources and not from the divine fount, it will be as changeable as varying circumstances can make it. But the peace of Christ is a constant and abiding peace. It does not depend on any circumstance in life, on the amount of worldly good or the number of earthly friends. Christ is the fountain of living waters, and happiness and peace drawn from him will never fail, for he is a wellspring of life. Those who trust in him can say, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river. There is Streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Psalms 46, 1 4. We have reason for ceaseless gratitude to God that Christ, by his perfect obedience, has won back the heaven that Adam lost through disobedience. Adam sinned, and the children of Adam share his guilt and its consequences. But Jesus bore the guilt of Adam, and all the children of Adam that will flee to Christ, the second Adam, may escape the penalty of transgression Jesus regained heaven for man by bearing the test that Adam failed to endure for he obeyed the law perfectly and all who have right conception of the plan of redemption will see that they cannot be saved while in transgression of God's holy precepts they must cease to transgress the law and lay hold on the promises of God that are available for us through the merits of Christ we must obey the word of the Lord we must walk in that light no matter the consequences no matter if we don't have friends or families or if they think we're crazy or fanatical or whatever it is that they might do to us we must stand for the truth though the heavens fall and the Lord will be with us the Lord was able to win back our redemption through his perfect obedience and we can have that same perfect obedience with Christ if we are willing to give up every sin that does so easily beset us and it is hard but don't think of it as a long future just take one day at a time and do one step at a time take the day that you are given and just live that day in obedience to God and then the next day and the next day and so forth and so on and in that way you will be walking with the Lord as Enoch walked with the Lord but remember we must not put our ability and our trust in those around us we must study to show ourselves approved we must be able to stand up for truth on our own we cannot always rely on those around us because they could lead you into error and they could lead you down a path that you didn't want to take and it is easy to turn to people that we trust and have known for all of our lives or it's easy to turn to someone who we think knows a lot because they've studied it for so many years but we must show ourselves approved unto the lord and we must take everything into consideration and study it out to see if what they are saying is true. Do not rely on others for your truth. We must get our truth for ourselves from the word of the Lord and from the spirit of prophecy. And this is exactly what she says. She says, Our faith is not to stand in the ability of men, but in the power of God. There is danger of trusting in men, even though they may have been used as instruments of God to do a great and good work. Christ must be our strength and our refuge. The best of men may fall from their steadfastness, and the best of religion, when corrupted, is ever the most dangerous in its influence upon minds pure living religion is found in obedience to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god righteousness exalts a nation and the absence of it degrades and ruins man i have seen this firsthand with many people i have seen good people who were strong in the lord fall and be led out of the truth and into temptation and now are walking in darkness. And it is so sad to see it. That is why we must be so careful not to be led astray. That is why we must study and pray and be diligent and know the truth so that we are not led into darkness. We must be strong. We must have that firm foundation, that firm connection, and be willing to re-study and have an open mind because we will always be learning and heaven. Heaven, and we must be willing to allow the holy spirit to lead and guide us into all truth she says this from the pulpits of today the words are uttered believe only believe have faith in christ you have nothing to do with the old law only trust in christ how different is this from the words of the apostle who declares that faith without works is dead he says but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves james 1 we we must have that faith that works by love and purifies the soul. Many seek to substitute a superficial faith for uprightness of life and think through this to obtain salvation. The Lord requires at this time just what he required of Adam in Eden, perfect obedience to the law of God. We must have righteousness without a flaw, without a blemish. God gave his son to die for the world, but he did not die to repel the law which was holy and and just and good. The sacrifice of Christ on Calvary is an unanswerable argument showing the immutability of the law. Its penalty was felt by the Son of God in behalf of guilty man, that through his merits, the sinner might obtain the virtue of his spotless character by faith in his name. And we cannot just sin and say, okay, once saved, always saved. That is not a thing. We must every single day give ourselves to the Lord. We must every single, they give up the things of the world and satan used to guard the law of god so he knows it better than anybody else and he will use any means necessary to lead us away from the truth and it will start off with such a small tiny thing and he will give you excuses and he will make it sound like it is truth and make you seem to believe that it is true because you're not quite sure or you don't quite know and you don't take the time to study it out and pray about it and consider it. And we've all been guilty of this, myself included, at times where we get off track and off course from going on the straight and narrow path because we give ourselves excuses, because we want to do the things that we want to do, because we have listened to others and because we haven't studied for ourselves, or because we just. Just wanted to do and have a good time and we were sick of following the rules. That is what I hear a lot from a lot of the younger generation is that they don't want to follow the rules anymore. They're tired of the strictness that God requires. God requires perfect obedience as we are told over and over again and we cannot have sanctification in our hearts without that perfect obedience. And we cannot get sanctification without obedience. So we cannot have one without the other. She continues, the sinner was provided with a second opportunity to keep the law of God in the strength of his divine redeemer. The cross of Calvary forever condemns the idea that Satan has placed before the Christian world, that the death of Christ abolished not only the typical system of sacrifices and ceremonies but the unchangeable law of god the foundation of his throne the transcript of his character that is amazing we basically have the character of god in the law of god this is what she's saying so when we obey god we are following after his character after the example that he set and he knows better than anybody what we need to do in order to live a happy good life he would not lead us down a pathway to unhappy happiness and destruction and gloom. This is what everybody else who doesn't follow the Lord and want to follow the Lord thinks, that it is a drudgery, that there is too many restrictions and they're not happy because they can't do what they want to do. But where does their life lead them? Where does their false happiness lead them? It leads them down a road of perdition. It does not make them happy in the end. They think they're happy, but it's an illusion. And one of these days, that illusion will be cast from their eyes but they will not, still not want to change because they like the way that they're going. And we must be willing to give up the things of the world because we want to, not because we are afraid of the consequences to come, but because we actually love the Lord and we do not want to sin anymore. We need to pray for that hatred of sin. She continues, through every device possible, Satan has sought to make of none effect the sacrifice of the Son of God to render his expation useless and his mission a failure he has claimed that the death of christ made obedience to the law unnecessary and permitted the sinner to come into favor with a holy god without forsaking his sins he has declared that the old testament standard was lowered in the gospel and that men can come to christ not to be saved from their sins But in their sins and unfortunately this is what is going on around us all the time people think that they can continue on with sin and God loves you yes but he hates the sin he does not want sin and any sin in his presence is not permissible those who enter before God with sin would die back in the Bible days and still today if we were to stand before the God of the universe in our wickedness in our sin without repentance we would not survive because God hates sin but he loves the sinner which is why he sent his son to save us from that sin because he wanted to provide a way for us to be able to be with him forever because he wants that more than anything and he loves us and he does not want us to be beholden to this wickedness this is not the life that he chose for us this is not what he wanted he wanted us to love him and obey Him. For the right reasons. And she continues with this. But when John beheld Jesus, he told his mission. He said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. John 1 29. To every repentant soul the message is Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isaiah 118. And that is such a precious promise to us. We can come to the Lord and have our sins be wiped away clean because of the blood that he shed for us. When we ask for forgiveness, Jesus's life is held up instead of our own. So all that the Lord sees is his own reflection. It's like we didn't even do these things. And it's hard for us when we forgive people because we still remember what they did. But for Christ, it's not that way. He wipes the slate clean as if nothing happened. And that is so amazing. And I just can't thank him enough for doing that. And everything in us craves to do the wrong thing. Our heart is with Wicked and deceitful above all else. Yet you'll hear people say, follow your heart, let it be your guide. No, that is exactly what Satan wants. We cannot follow our heart because it is wicked and wants to do the bad things, but the Lord wants us to do the good things. So we must be given a new heart, a heart given to us by the Lord, and we must die to our old selves and be renewed. That is what righteousness and sanctification and then justification and then glorification is all about when we are righteous right before god we can sanctify our heart sanctification is a lifetime process we must always be working to be getting rid of self through obedience to following its commandments through loving the lord by that connection with him and then we are justified before the lord before god because we are no longer in the sins that we used to do we have Christ's life in front of us and then if we continue on that pathway for however long our life lasts or until jesus comes we will be glorified before the lord to transform translated into heaven and be spending the rest of our lives with him and that is exactly what we want this whole process is an amazing beautiful thing and the work of salvation is so deep and so broad that we will be studying it throughout eternity and that just blows my mind and to know that the love of god is as deep as the ocean and that we will forever be studying it and forever learning more about how much the lord loves us is so awe-inspiring that I don't even have the words to describe it. And we won't be able to to describe it until we are there. And heaven is not going to be this dull place. We will always be looking. And those who trust wholly in the righteousness of Christ, she says, looking to him in living faith, know the spirit of Christ and are known of Christ. Simple faith enables the believer to reckon himself dead indeed unto sin and alive unto God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are saved by grace through our faith. And that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Should we try to unfold these precious promises to the worldly wise, they would but ridicule us. For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2:14. Not that Jesus can't reach these people, but if we were to say some of these things to them, they wouldn't get it. They would just laugh in our face, just like they laughed in Noah's face when he said rain is coming, because rain never came before, so they thought it was ridiculous and made fun of him for 120 years. Imagine preaching for 120 years that rain is going to come, and every day nothing is happening, and you're building this giant boat, and you're this laughingstock. That's exactly what noah had to put up with but he knew that what the lord was saying was true and he was doing and obeying it no matter what the people said to him no matter what they did to him and he was willing to go through all of that because he loved the lord and because he trusted in him and we must have that same trust in the lord and when that day comes and we are following him he will call us home and we can have that reconciliation with christ we just must work for it With him and work together it is not something that we can do in and of ourselves the Savior wants to help us and he says be of good cheer I have overcome the world so we don't need to worry because Christ is much more stronger than any demons and devils of this world and we must do our part and the Lord will do his and I hope that you keep all of this in mind and study for yourself further sanctification justification glorification and all of the things that I mentioned there are beautiful study and we might get into it more again another time one of the other things and just remember that the Lord loves you and wants you to be in heaven and so with this being said I want to sing this song that fits perfectly with what we're talking about, it's trust and obey.
1: When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word what a glory he sheds on our way while we do his goodwill he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey not a shadow can rise not a cloud in the skies but a smile quickly drives it away not a doubt or a fear not a sigh or a tear can abide while we trust and obey trust and obey For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief or a loss, not a frown nor a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey but we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay for the favor he shows and the joy he bestows For them who will trust and obey Trust and obey For there's no other way To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship, sweet, we will sit at his feet, Or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go, Never fear, only trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in jesus but to trust and obey
0: and we do. We need to trust and obey in the Lord. And there is no other way to be happy in Jesus except for when we do those things. And we see this over and over again. And I've witnessed it and experienced it in my own life that I know that the Lord loves me and I feel His love when I obey His commandments. Remember what it says in Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So when you know this truth, share it with others. With all of this being said, let your light so shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.